Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, so today's episode isn't the sexiest topic I've ever discussed, but I think it might be one of the most important. So this episode's all about safety in the salon or safety in your suite, safety in your studio. It's really sweet how I was able to do like the S thing three different ways. Um, But so I've been on my own in my own space without a receptionist for 10 years. And in those 10 years... I've had to call 911 three times and it it happened recently. And so I thought to myself, this is a topic that needs to be discussed, right? Like I have experience in this area and there's things I think that we need to be mindful of when we no longer have, you know, a lot of buffers in our spaces. And I think what I mean by that is like in a salon where there's like a lot of people, there's almost like safety in numbers, right? Like someone could call, call a number, someone could do this. So, you know, I remember when we were opening our first studio, my business partner and I, when we got ADT security, they said, do you want a panic button? And we were like, yeah, we better get the panic button. Yeah. And in the time that we were there, you know, the salon that we opened, the studio we opened was on a main drag that got busier in the time that we were there because it was a part of the city or the town that we were in that was kind of being gentrified and got a lot more businesses around it. And so in the four years that we had our business, it started to become something where people would pop in. And we got a lot more just walking traffic than I do in my current space. And that was part of why I loved my, my move. But what would happen was, you know, there, I'm just going to share some different scenarios and then share some of the things that have helped me. And, you know, one, one school of thought that has helped me a lot is if you're there past dark, the door gets locked. If you, you know, our door was just to our space. So if it's after dark, the door gets locked. It's not a big deal to stop what you're doing and and unlock the door for a client. Another thing is when the door wouldn't be locked, like we had once where this couple came in and they had a very bizarre energy and I was doing the shampoo and I worked with the partner. So I, I did feel a little safer than I would at night by myself. And it was like a colder night, you know, I'm in the Midwest and this couple was sitting there and they had this energy about them. And I think that, that that's something, a key thing to take into consideration when we're in salon spaces. It's like, okay, the way that we feel and it's like the energy that, that those people bring. Like my client looked up at me while shampooing her and she was like, you need to get them out of here. And I feel very fortunate because Capone, my angel who... I learned how to run a business with my dog, my late dog Capone. Never said that. I like that. I don't think I like it. But anyway, he taught me something that I don't know that any police officer or person would recommend doing, but I will tell you it has been the most helpful thing because I think when I think about safety the most, the thing is, is I'm more like 
We need to get people out of out of our spaces as fast as possible. And the thing that Capone taught me to do is crowd the person's space very quickly. And so ultimately what I learned from Capone is how to usher people out. And like what I mean by usher a person out, it's like you are very like direct and you approach them in a kind way and you're like, hi, yeah, no, thank you for coming in. I'm going to actually ask that you go outside and you almost do it in such a, it's almost like a choreographed, like enter their space to almost like turn them around. And like, it's almost like the person doesn't even know what's happening and you're able to create space and to move them through your space in a way where you're almost like doing it for them. Like this is happening for you. And then ultimately they get out the door and you lock the door. And I've done this numerous times. Not every time do I call the police. And even that time, I didn't call the police. But I did it and I was like, and it's swift and it's quickly and it's not, and you don't hesitate. It happened again this last winter and my coworker, Helen, bless her heart. She can't work there alone. She just said hi to this drug addict that came in and he was, he was, like he was on something and she said hi to him. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, yeah, I know what's happening here. And I just got in his space very kindly and said like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have you head over this direction. It's thanks for coming in and lock the door. He's out. And my coworker Helen said, holy shit, how did you know to do that? And I just said, I watched how Capone interacted with people he was unsure about. And that is what he would do. And so again, it's probably not something that law enforcement would recommend other than I'm trying to move things along quickly and it's worked. It's worked for me. And I think obviously like every situation is different. I don't want to advise someone to do something that's unsafe. So, you know, use your instincts. But for me, that's been the most helpful. You know, I think at the end of the day, like we are in these like fish bowls where people know where we're working and know where to find us. And I think when in doubt, lock your door. I don't keep cash there because I'm cashless. I never really have. And I think the thing about calling 911 and the situation last week that I had in the salon and the reason why I call 911 is because when I see a reaction from a customer or a reaction that doesn't isn't warranted given the situation. It's unhinged. It's got almost a pattern to it, meaning like this person was unhappy with their haircut. They came back that day yelling. They came back the next day yelling. They issued two emails that were very extreme. I'm starting to see a pattern and I'm starting to see that this person's behavior isn't matching the situation because I know the haircut was what they had asked for. Like it, it's like the reaction isn't, isn't in alignment with what transpired. And typically I have, if it's a client that's been coming to the salon, I have a track record of how they're with the way that their life is going. And that tends to be when I've had to, when I do call, it's because I've seen that their life has had a rapid decline or something has happened in their life that has really impacted the quality of it. 
And now the reaction to the haircut is maybe more in alignment with that. And to me, that becomes a scary situation and one where like, I don't want myself to be in that situation alone or someone that I work with. And so I tend to call 911 when I want, this, like I said, three times in 10 years working alone, when I want it documented so that there's a like a paper trail of the behavior. And I, I think it's important. And I think that even if you are like, should I, shouldn't I? It's not a big deal to say, hey, I just want to have this be documented in the event that this continues. Because my whole thing and my whole point of calling is I'm trying, I want to de-escalate things. I want to involve other people that I think know how to have the situation dissipate quickly. So for instance, like when I was talking to this police officer, it was like, okay, we want to issue a refund. We want to send her an email. We, we haven't gotten to it. I checked to see if the email was sent and maybe that's why she's continued to come back and send and yelp and do all this stuff today. But all that's happened unprovoked by an email or anything. And so obviously like my, my path and my plan is always to like deescalate a situation. So like refunding getting them um, just to like calm down because I just feel like when you can feel that tension building and that it, it becomes to me like a, a very unpredictable situation. And so like, obviously you can't predict the unpredictable, but there are things you can do to like mitigate it. And so like we sent an email that got an aggressive email back but I, because I, I don't, these things don't tend to be about money, but I think like you have to engage very little. Like I haven't even responded to the Yelp because I'm not trying to ruffle feathers. I'm okay having a shitty Yelp review if it means that I'm safe and the people that I work with are safe. And, you know, sometimes it's like we have to like check our egos around like having a bad review when you're like really at the end of the day, like if someone doesn't want to come to us because she, because someone on Yelp called someone Edward Scissorhands, like, that's fine. i rather have my safety and sanity than um, reply to that. And maybe in, a, in some time we will, but it's just, I'm not a risk I'm worth taking. I'm willing to take. And, you know, I think when we're dealing, and I think this goes to like being like unhappy clients in general, or when we're dealing with someone that we ideally don't want to engage with moving forward, the less that we do, the better. And so for instance, the email that I sent was like, we'll be issuing a refund. Please allow five to seven days for that email to go through. We're really sorry. You're not happy with your haircut and just leave it at that. Like, or, and we also added like, it's best that you find another salon moving forward. Sincerely, Lynn May Studio. So I think, you know, this just goes for, uh, like clients that we feel like have been like a little abusive too, like just like engaging as little as possible, personalizing it as little as possible and remaining professional is the play. The other times I've called is when I've had someone who, when I have them leave the salon because they're not a customer and they're kind of acting erratic, if they start to get angry that they got locked out and they like I had someone that like banged on the door and was like, I'm right next to Chicago, like the suburb I work in. So like this person was just 
um, angry, but not rationally. So I was like, you know, it's the holiday season. Like this, this would be scary to walk by. So I just called to have that person. And ultimately when I called on that person, I said, I just want to check on him. Like I'm actually worried about his safety. You know what I mean? But then also the safety of other people. And, um, the third one, which was the first time I ever called, it wasn't like this time I was like a little scared because this person kept coming to my business. But the other times I haven't really been scared per se. It's more just like being a good Samaritan. And the first time it was someone who had been to like all the salons I ever worked at and all the salons that people that worked at that salon had branched out and opened, they had frequented. And so we, you know, having being like a tight knit industry, like this person would kind of bounce around and we kind of would keep each other in the loop harmless, but just like not really built for a salon suite or like more of a, a single operator because like a receptionist would like help manage the interaction. An assistant would help. Like there are people that like, you know, a small business doesn't have the bandwidth always to, to take on. And so I happened to not be taking new clients at the time. But obviously, if this person's going everywhere and everyone's saying they're not taking new clients, they don't come in and actually think I'm not taking new clients. So she came in and said, I'm starting to think I'm being blackballed. Like she she was, but that's not the point. She was like, I'm calling the Better Business Bureau on you. Like if you're not going to take me as a client, and it was kind of like like an empty threat, right? But I was like, listen, if some sort of case gets open on my business about like, from the Better Business Bureau. And I don't even know if that's a real thing, you know, but I couldn't risk it. And I just didn't like to, I like to, I like to just, you know, keep it above the belt. So I was like, you know, I just want to issue this, like, like just that they have it on record that like this happened and she threatened it, not because I'm worried about my safety, but like my business, you know? So, um, that wasn't, that one was like, I want to say that one was like for fun, but that one was like, I wasn't really worried But ultimately, I think it's a conversation we need to be having around, you know, especially if we're in a suite or a studio and we're taking a lot of new clients. I personally don't find myself in this situation almost ever, but I think that it needs to be said that you should never feel unsafe in your space and you should never have a client that you feel unsafe with. And if you do, there is a way for you to not see that person again because just feeling like that is is not okay. And I I don't think everything involves the police, but I do feel like we need to be smart and we need to be protecting ourselves and being our own advocates and trusting the energy we feel. And, you know, I think that usually, you know, we, you know, as hairstylists, we know that it's not only about hair. And I said this on my Instagram the day I was talking about it. But at the end of the day, so often hair becomes the thing that everyone's focused on. And I, I've said this before, like when you have a lot going on in your life, like sometimes you find something to fixate on. That's not the thing. And what an easy scapegoat to be as a hairstylist. And so I think that that is just a conversation that we need to have and something that we need to be mindful of when we're in situations with people that are having bigger life things happening and to maybe remove ourselves from situations and or be very mindful of 
what we're willing to take on. And there's no easy, like, follow these three steps. It's really about if you have a situation that you're in, I just think there's so many times, like, you know, over the years where, like, I would be doing, like, some man's hair and he'd be like, you have the eyes of my ex-girlfriend. Like, I wish I would have left that situation. I wish I would have said, like, you know what? We're going to get your hair color on today. And then moving forward, like, I would have been like, let's, please don't schedule him with me. And I think that we have to really trust that how we feel is enough of a reason to not be in a situation because it gets to feel good for you too. And there are going to be things when you're dealing with the public and you're doing hair for as long as so many of us have, situations are going to come up. They will be rare. But I think that, you know, not freezing. And here's the thing. I think because I'm like have cultivated my own inner self worth and spent so much time with myself and my nervous system isn't out of whack. I was like, listen, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to negotiate with crazy. I will not like door gets locked. I will not talk to you. Like I will wait until like, if you're screaming, that's not a situation I'm going to be in. And I think that in the past, I think when I didn't have that inner, you know, sense of self, I felt like I'll go handle it. And now I'm very quick to say, I'm not equipped to handle this. And I think that that is a big part of maintaining our safety is when being able to acknowledge what's in our wheelhouse and what's out of our wheelhouse. And if somebody is like off their gourd, like going nuts, I'm not equipped to handle that. Could I? I'm sure I could. But am I willing to risk what I I don't know what could happen. And if I don't know what could happen, I'm going to just very much tread lightly and bring people in that are equipped to handle that situation. So I leave you with, you are a hairstylist, not a police officer. Although Don Bradley says that my friend Don Bradley says most hairstylists would be police officers if they weren't hairstylists. And I, having talked to officer Banning, feel like she might not be wrong. But we, as of today, are not police officers. So I leave you with calling the professionals. Have a wave-making day.